This is the Voices in Japan podcast hosted by Ben and Burke, and on this episode we are joined by Alex from England. Alex is a musician and very knowledgeable about different aspects of Japanese music. And in this episode, we talk about the different types of Japanese music that are out there Japanese rock concerts, singing Japanese music at karaoke, Japanese lyrics, and much, much more. We also give recommendations on different types of Japanese music that people can check out, and we're going to list up all of those with links in the episode description, so please be sure to check those out. And we actually recorded this episode in a studio downtown, and in different parts of the episode, you can hear some of the bands that were around us practicing, especially in the beginning of the episode, so we hope that's not too distracting. For us, it was a fun and interesting conversation, and if you enjoy it too, please be sure to share it with your friends. Thanks. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we're going to talk about music, but maybe we should first introduce Alex a little bit. Yeah, hey. So Alex has been here probably about the same time out as, as long as me. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. 12, 12 years? Yeah, well, I was, um, uh, I think I've been, lived in Sapporo for uh, just over 10 years. Uh, I've, I think I arrived in Japan the month before or month after you, uh, and then, uh, but I also went back to, uh, to Europe for two years. So during that uh, span of during the span of twelve years, so I lived here for like six six or seven years, and then I went back to Europe for two years uh, to go back to university, and then I came back to Japan after that. So right. uh, so about 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 just over ten years in total, yeah. I think. But you're a big fan of music in general, but yes. also Japanese music yep. too. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, I uh, I think that the first my first kind of exposure to Japanese music was before I lived here. I came to Japan maybe two times to visit uh, friends who were who were living here, and the first time I came over here, uh, I visited a friend who was living in in Fukuoka, and he played me a cassette which a Japanese friend of his had given him like oh this is a whole bunch of music you might like kind of thing, and uh, and uh, and he played me a, a, a band called Number Girl. Number Girl. Number Girl, who uh, were, uh, they broke up in early 2000s, I think like around 2002, but they were like a really big deal on the Japanese indie indie rock scene. And and that was the first kind of Japanese music I'd heard, which I was like, oh yeah, this is this is really, really good. This is really um, uh, my, my thing, but not just my thing, just like a really good quality of music, I thought. And so that really made me want to check out more and more Japanese music, I think. Before that... Um, I had tried because I was coming to Japan and I'm really really into music I had tried to check out a whole bunch of Japanese music online but all the recommendations I found online were stuff that I didn't like yeah. J-pop yeah yeah, J- J-pop or and I would say this I'm a huge music fan and I'm a huge fan of Japanese music but there are I mean there are just the same as English music or American music or anything like that. There are a lot of acts that I don't like mm-hmm. and I don't like at all. Yeah. And so a lot of the recommendations for some th- uh, are things that are the biggest artists. And so those are not necessarily the best artists. Yeah. So uh, so number girl, I, I listened to them, and then I, and then after after that, I went back to to England, and I was like listened to them a bit more. And then um, uh, when I went back to Japan to live, they were kind of my. Uh, starting point to kind of start checking out more and more Japanese music because I would, I would still try and check out Japanese music while I was when I when I first lived here, but I still couldn't find things easily that I really really liked. But then branching out from them, I found more and more and more things that I yeah. liked. How is the the kind of easy way to go about learning about bands? Is it online? Like uh, through other message boards, or is it actually just like asking people that you see out at like little shows and stuff? Um, I think f- for me, uh, it's a combination of everything. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I I remember when I first moved here, uh, and I was uh, I didn't have any internet in my apartment or anything, and I would just go to like the local internet cafe, um, uh, and then I would just uh, sit there and I would just like follow links you know recommend like some website like YouTube or something like that I'd 
this was many years ago, so I don't remember what website it was. But it was kind of like, this artist is like this artist. And then I would click on that artist, and I would be like, nope, not this one. And this artist is like this artist. And then I would click on that one, and I'd be like, nope. But then eventually I would find something. And then, I, then after that was talking and knowing more and more Japanese people and getting more recommendations. Um, and, then, and then after that, uh, also just going to Tower Records. Okay. And listening to stuff, I would just go to Tower Records and just. Do that now. Uh, if rare, very rarely, very rarely, I would say that my life is much busier. <laughs> I have a family now, and I have a um, uh, my work is much busier. So, um, so very rarely I go there, but I still every now and then, yeah. Uh, and I, but I used to do that like pretty pretty often. Just That's go to the, the same one over here on Pivo. Yep, yep, yeah. That one, it's pretty amazing that that still goes really strong because obviously so much has moved over online uh, mm -hmm. since like over the past 10, 15 years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I remember I, I used to go there like every uh, Sunday after going out like Saturday nights. Uh. That was like one place I would just go hang out every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a huge Tower Record store, checking out the CDs and everything, seeing what's getting popular overseas back home. Mm -hmm. But I was like, uh, I mean, something to kind of wind down after like a heavy night of drinking <laughs> but they say it's like pretty surprising that you know because like record stores and stuff are supposedly like disappearing disappearing more mm -hmm. and more but tower records is still very strong yeah so yeah absolutely don't, don't they well, still have an hmv it's yeah as yeah well, right there's an but, hmv I mean, in a tower yeah, records okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i think that one, i think yeah. that since i've lived here uh you can definitely see the number of physical music shops getting smaller yeah but but japan is apparently uh, from what I've read, Japan is still the biggest physical music market in the world, okay. and there's still and more and more people are moving over to doing things digitally. But there's still a big, big market for CDs. Yeah, like if you go to the rental shops, everyone's like renting CDs all the time still. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas back at home, people would don't do that anymore at mm -hmm. all. Yeah, so it's that that's still quite interesting. And also in Tower Records, they have live bands coming oh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. promoting their CDs. Yeah, not. I'm, I'm guessing they're not like big acts, like famous people, mm -hmm. but probably up and coming groups. Yeah, and then I you think... waste like a kind of a small crowd of people there. Yeah. And it's kind of like a live event almost, mm -hmm. um, just in this shop, yeah. which is pretty, pretty exciting, I think. There's a, uh, another interesting thing about Japan is, um, that, uh, which is pretty obvious for, to everyone who knows anything about Japan is people are diehard fans of things like obsessive diehard fans yeah. and so there is a big market for pop music uh, acts releasing multiple versions of CD singles with kind of collectible cards or different oh, yeah. covers or stuff like that and that definitely drives the uh, physical music market so if you're a diehard fan of AKB48 or something like that uh, yeah. then you're going to want to buy the single with the cover of your favorite member and something like that or you're going to want to buy all the singles to make it to collect a set and things and i think that probably that really benefits places like tower records and that is such a smart kind of marketing scheme mm -hmm. like what they do yeah. but I, I remember when i went home to england and not many people know who akb48 are mm. do they in america are they like big in america? i wouldn't imagine no not. it's hard in I general for not. japanese artists i think to get big in the u.s yeah. in general number one it's like if people don't like listening to Japanese mm -hmm. like language music in general, it's not going to pick up. Yeah. So a lot of them that do have any kind of success are obviously bilingual stars and mm -hmm. J-pop stars and stuff. But uh, I mean, I, I think people know. A I know people who know AKB48, but just because they're like Asian people living mm -hmm. in the U.S. and stuff, mm -hmm. so that's probably the only way. But here they're huge. Yes. Those types of groups. Right? Yeah. They're, they're probably like the biggest selling group in Japan uh, right now right now they're one of the biggest selling groups I think yeah I think yeah. if you look at like the, the, the <coughs> list of top selling singles of the decade and things like that it's just all AKB yeah and then, and there's I mean what what is AKB 48 it's like four, it's supposed to be 48 members yeah well AKB 48 is uh, the brainchild of uh, um, uh, I think his name is Akimura uh, who was uh, who has been a long time Oh, uh, pop music. A Akimoto. Akimoto. Yeah. Akimoto. Sorry, Akimoto. Uh, and he has been a long time like mainstay of the Japanese pop music scene. And he uh, launched this band AKB48, which was meant to be, you know, a huge, huge army of idols, like 48 members. 
and uh, who became 48, 48 girls, girls. Yeah. And then so there's uh, somebody, some, a, a girl next door for everybody kind of thing. I think it was the idea. <laughs> and, and, um, and then that branched out into multiple spin-off groups who all have like 48 or more, probably more. I think 48 is just a, is just an arbitrary number now. I think probably they all have like yeah, hundreds I, of people I have, in the I group. Have some of those groups. There's a HKT. <laughs> yep. Which is, uh, in, from Fukuoka. Yeah. Hakata. Yeah. Uh, Nagoya has, uh-huh. a SKE. Uh-huh. Nagoya Sakai. Okay. And there's even, um, a JKT, which is, Jakarta, yeah, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. they're spread now into Asia too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't sit still because of course, I think that what's happened now is that, uh, they've been around for more than 10 years. Well, I reckon they were getting big right around, around the time when we came to. I, re- I remember to... when they, when I came, they were huge mm-hmm. and they were big before I came too. Oh, okay. So, so maybe when we just came, they were kind of huge. Peak, yeah, I think. Know? But I think that with any young, with any kind of pop music, the next generation wants their own thing. And so he seems to have had the really smart idea of starting like official rival groups. Uh, have you seen, do you know, like, so Nogizaka, Nogizaka 46, it was, was launched as, uh, an official rival group to AKV. So the other ones are sister groups and they're an official rival group. And when the first time I saw them, I had no, they were, they were already getting big and I had no idea where they were. And I was like, 46, is this related to the 48? What is going? And so I looked it up and then, and now there are like two or three, like, so you've got like the eight, the 48 family and then you've got the 46 family and they're all the same company. Yeah, yeah. And they're, but they, but they, but the 40s. What, what does that mean? They battle like on stage? So, uh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> just they, 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 like, like, like I think it's just meant to be, it's meant to be, uh, I have no idea. My guess, this is just yeah. my, my guess is that yeah. this is for the new generation of high schoolers who are, who, uh, for who AKB 48 is kind of a legacy act, you know, uh, like they're, they're, and so they, they, so he brings out something that's slightly different style and that's, uh, that's with a slightly different name and it's meant to be this is for, for your generation or something mm, like that. Yeah. I, that's just me, my, well, it my, sells. My I mean, guess. those groups oh, do yeah. really well. I mean, we've, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. Uh, I can't remember which one, but just talking about like how they have it. I think it's for AKB48. They have that concert room like down somewhere in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Akihabara. Akihabara. yeah, yeah. but when yeah. you watch it, it's like all the young girls, like, I mean, how old are they? Like between like 10 and 20 or something? I yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. To be honest, I don't know. 16 to 20 is like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a stage of these young girls dancing, sometimes in slightly risque clothing, and then the audience is just like all yep. middle-aged men. Like, <laughs> like yep. Otaku, Japanese men yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think that that's... That's, that's, a, that's I think that that is their kind of foundation. But then uh, the thing that always surprised me and uh, stopped surprising me many years ago was that they crossed over to being popular with like high school girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they definitely are. They definitely have the, because they couldn't really, I don't think they could dominate yeah. Japan's pop music scene in quite the way if it was only middle aged men, only otaku middle aged yeah. men that they were appealing to. But, yeah. and, but I, I was always surprised when they really did cross over because, because for a long time I was just like, well, yeah, I can understand why this is popular with otaku, but and, and then they have like that c- competition like every year where on TV where like the most popular group member or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they call it the general election. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a ranking system where there's so there's the 48 members, and then the higher the ranking goes, they become more prominent in the group. So obviously, number one would be the girl that's at the front in the center, um, and to get that popularity vote. You have to you have to buy a single, yes. and in the single oh, they yeah. have a voting slip. Oh wow! But you only get one voting slip per single, oh, so it encourages or they you go. encourage people to buy more than one single and to vote for the same person. So there was actually a news article where uh, they found two point five million copies of AKB forty eight singles in the trash. Oh just to uh, vote? Yeah. So they oh, voted wow. they had the single. <laughs> so then they would buy multiple multiples and multiple singles. Oh my and then gosh. they just threw them away. Because oh, they man. just wanted to get this girl or their favourite member wow. to reach the number one spot. I'm assuming this is like like 2.5 million copies in total, not from like right, yeah. one, not from like one guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was found in like yeah, just in one rubbish area. Oh, so you know, 
could happen in different Well, during that TV there. program, general election, those girls that are getting like voted in the top five, man, they're like super happy, crying. I'm assuming it's all genuine. And, and then beyond that, like when they graduate, as they call it, like some of them move on to TV stardom or like rec- regular idol stardom in Japan. So, yeah, you know, it's a good, it's a good avenue towards fame for the younger girls and it's a huge money making machine. Yeah. And obviously the salary yeah. goes up, but, um, I had the, the starting salary, like when they, start as a probably 16 year old it's pretty low it's like forty five thousand yen a month so that's the starting oh a month yeah, yeah. well 16 yeah. year old that's not too bad yeah but like it depends it doesn't matter how old you are just if you start so oh, you'd be right. starting at 20 years old yeah, yeah, yeah still see. 45, yeah. but when you get up to the higher rankings you can go up to like 12 million yen a year and that's it but that's including like sponsorship that's including uh, yeah. appearances on TV yeah, all advertising the, all the commercials that they the do and stuff like that yeah. Yeah. so yeah. it's kind of, it could be worth doing it I mean it's a hard life they've got busy schedules they yeah no yeah. boyfriends and oh, yeah really really controlled really yeah, really controlled yeah, yeah. so I mean I've talked about it before I have a daughter and uh, I fear the day that she may walk up and say she wants to do something like that and I'm like how about you try this out <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah I don't know if I'd want to see that yeah. but, you know you'll get a lot of money in respect as a doctor exactly but is that that's not the really the type of music you're into? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what type of music do you like? Um, well, no, I don't. Well, to, to be, I like, I like, I'm really, uh, um, I'm a modern music fan. I really like any kind of genre. So, yeah, yeah. so I do like some pop music, yeah. and I would say there are some good AKB48 songs. Um, They're fun. For sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are some ones where I, uh, where I listen to it and I can say, oh, this is a well-written song. Like this is a, this is catchy and you know it's fun and it's not boring. And so you know there are some music like that. Um, I, I I come from probably mostly from a rock music background, so I like um, music with guitars and things like that. But I like a lot of uh, anything. But you know, like when I went to university, my tastes broadened, and so I listen to absolutely anything. Any but, uh, uh, J-pop artists that you could recommend other than AKB48 people <laughs> yeah. are trying to get to? Yeah. I'm trying to remember which ones I like. So, oh, okay. So for, for pop music, the, the band who I would say that I genuinely, not absolutely everything that like, but I, I, generally, I, I generally like is Perfume. Oh, yeah. Perfume, yeah. yeah. Perfume are um, a three-piece, like, Girl band. Still going strong oh yeah, band. yeah. Did you see them when they performed uh, maybe last year or two years ago at the rock festival out and uh, Yeah, yeah, I saw them at the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah I did. Sun yeah, yeah, they performed they performed at Rising Sun and that was one of the reasons why I mean I, I, I liked uh, I liked them already, but then I, I, they really earned a lot of respect because they, they dealt with that really, really well. They played at a rock festival and their um, I guess the leader, the the main kind of the, the, the woman who does the most talking was Really good at working the crowd, uh, like a rock music crowd. No, 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 but no, but they were playing like I think in like one of the big prominent mid-afternoon, yeah, popular mid-afternoon yeah, slots, yeah. you know, yeah. where lots of people turn. Because obviously, Rising Sun Rock Fest was a rock concert. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. Most of the bands are very kind yes. of rocky. Yeah, so yeah. was that like one of the first times a kind of pop group performed? No, no, I don't think so. I would imagine not. I don't, I don't think so. I think that there's probably le- a lot less uh, kind of. I think in England, if there's a big rock festival, there have been famous incidents in England where there's a big rock festival and a pop act performs and then they get like bottles thrown at them yeah, and things. Yeah, and I think in, yeah, I think that in Japan that wouldn't really happen. And so I'm sure there have been other pop acts who have played at Rising Sun. Rising Sun, it's ostensibly a rock festival, but there are, I've, I've been to a couple of them where there are lots of hip hop acts, uh, like a whole chunk of hip hop acts. Yeah, and they have, a, they have an all night DJ like, um, like dance, they have an all night dance, dance tent yeah, yeah, yeah and stuff yeah. like that so it's, when, when is Rising Sun again is it August or is it yeah it's generally around uh, the uh, uh, Obon holiday in August the, okay. there's a bank holiday or oh, not bank holiday sorry there's a there's a national holiday <laughs> that's, that's British yeah. British uh, there's a there's a uh, national holiday around that day and it's usually around that weekend because Rising Sun is a, a big rock festival in Hokkaido uh, that runs for uh, basically two, two or three days, but it's called Rising Sun because the second day goes all night until the sun comes up in the morning. So um, yeah, that's the the last day, the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, yeah. yeah. And you you normally go every year? I go as often as I possibly can. So yeah, I, I've been. Uh, there was one year when I didn't go because I left it way too late to get tickets and it was sold out. 
Yeah, but I go I go every year if I possibly can. I've yeah. been twice. We went together yep. one year. Yeah. That was my first year there, and we yeah. camped. Yeah. Whoever wasn't so good the first no, day, I remember. No. But for for me, that was the first, yeah, I guess, Japanese music concert I've yeah, been to, yeah. because it's all just Japanese music. There's no foreign bands yep. there, well, yeah. un- unless you, can you count Oki Dub? <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. They should be extremely Japanese. They're the original Japanese. They're, they, they're amazing, those guys. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like Okinawan, kind of funky oh, Okinawan music. Well, kind of. It's Ainu, but it's... Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. Funky Ainu music, yeah. and it's really dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like your traditional stuff. And no. I remember that was probably my favorite group that I saw. Cool. So the yeah. Ainu people are the indigenous people to Hokkaido. Yes. And uh, so this is a group made up of only Ainu people? Or is it Ainu music and they let other people... I'm not sure. Know? I'm not sure. I would. My guess would be, from what I know about them, that there's like a core of Ainu musicians, but they do kind of like dancey, electronic-y kind of influenced traditional music and so I would guess that they work with non-Ainu people as well okay. but uh, but okay. the core of the band is I think yeah right. so is... they were my favourite and also Suck an Action yeah yeah, yeah. You, you like yeah, the yeah. Manics, right yeah I think Suck an Action are one of the big big bands at the moment because they're getting bigger and bigger all the time they're one of the big bands which I would really say um uh, stand up in terms of quality in like even from an international perspective even comparing them with anything else in the world so um, they they are a electronic indie band basically. Are they fr- is someone from Hokkaido? Uh, yeah, yeah, they 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 formed in Hokkaido, and yeah, yeah, the right. the main guy yeah. Yamaguchi Ichiro is from Otaru, I think. Otaru. Otaru. Okay. But they but they him and the guitarist got together to play shows in Sapporo originally okay. when they when they lived in Sapporo, and then just like every band in Japan, when they get big, they move to Tokyo. But yeah. But uh, but yeah, they 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 start off playing kind of um, quite melancholy indie music, uh, kind of guitars and things like that, and then they uh, add more and more electronic elements, and then some of their albums are really quite dancey, basically. And uh, from what I know, they've for the last few years they play at a smaller music festival called Join Alive in Hokkaido. Yeah. And every, uh, they see they play there, and they and every year they play like a, probably a headlining set there, and then they do an all night. "Quote unquote rave," you know, kind of. Oh really? Yeah, like they have a, like a Sorry. like DJ dance. This is at the at Join Life. Like, oh. yeah, they do they do the they do a, a a headlining set, and then they go and they do like a big electronic dance thing all night. Oh. Um, so you've, you've been to that? No, I haven't been to that that actual thing. But uh, a friend of mine hasn't was, was telling me all about our it. Our age are a little older too, yep. aren't they? But they're still going hard like that. I guess. Yeah, yeah. They they well, I guess I don't know. They've only been they they were around. Uh, in the last 10 years basically they, they've, they've started I think probably about 10 years ago my guess so would you say now how, how popular would you say they very are? very popular now. In, in Japan yes very very popular in Japan in general I think they are get, like on a, on a continual upswing and probably will be a mainstay of Japanese yeah. kind of guitar indie-ish pop music for a long time I would guess so I, I saw them yeah the first time when we went to Rising Sun which mm-hmm. was probably about 10 years ago yeah, yeah. and I think then they were you know coming up yep. signs get real big so it's mm-hmm. good to, to see that they're so big now yeah, yeah. and I, I actually met the lead singer oh really yeah at Rising Sun oh really so that's awesome one year I went and um we have a couple of friends. They came to visit from Tokyo, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was dancing in the crowd. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no well, one noticed him. Oh, no that's one recognized him. Well, my, my friend, who's a really big fan, yeah. who like loves him, she yeah. was like, "That's that guy there." And I was like, "Well, go talk to him. Go <laughs> talk to him." And she was and she was just too shy to talk to him. I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go talk to him." So then I went over. Started talking, dancing with him, and then I got my friends to come over, and then we took like a group photo. That's together. awesome. So, nice, yeah. And then he just like carried on dancing, and no one noticed him. Well, maybe they did, and they Barely. just left him alone. Yeah. yeah, but that was it. Was really nice. That's actually what I heard as well about this the all night dancing thing. The the all night thing that they're, they're doing at Join the Live is that he was just after he probably did it like a DJ thing, and then afterwards he was just walking around and dancing and kind of just in the crowd. Yeah. So he's a. It's a. They're. A, I think they're a really good band. They're, I don't love. I don't love absolutely everything that they do, but. Uh, um, but they 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 do a lot of good stuff and um, and he's definitely a kind of an auteur kind of artist. He really kind of probably works a lot on creating these kind of soundscapes and 
trying to create his vision in the music, which is quite it's quite smooth and uh, but it's uh, it's interesting. So yeah, they said too. I saw him perform at uh, Makomunai Arena, maybe. <laughs> and uh, man, I just remember the next day my calves were so sore because like Japanese concerts, everyone basically just jumps continually <laughs> from start to finish. I didn't want, I didn't want to be the only one all together as well, yeah. right? Yeah, so I was just sitting there jumping for like whatever two hours or something, and the next day my calves were shot. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, second action. So yep. that's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second action. Yeah. yeah. So, perfume. Yeah. Perfume, second yeah. Action. Second action. So that's that's kind of the pop music stuff. So, uh, like I say, uh, uh, the band who got me into Japanese music, or who made me kind of be like, wow, there's really good Japanese music, is Number Girl, who were uh, really influential in the Japanese guitar music scene, uh, who broke up and who reformed this year. This after year. 17 years, 17 years after they broke up, they reformed this year and were supposed to play Rising Sun this year. Um, and I was extremely, extremely excited about that. And then first day of Rising Sun was cancelled because of a typhoon. Oh. So there, the all the artists on the first day were cancelled. Oh. Yeah, that was so. this year. Was that was this year. Yeah, yeah. So the first time ever, there's, it's ever been cancelled. Um, and that was the day you were. That was well, no, I was going. I was going for the weekend, mm. but but I was. But that was the day they were playing, and so then I was annoyed. But they've. But there's not. And apparently, they, one of the the I read that one of the uh, reasons they got back together was that, that they played um, Rising Sun in 1999. So they were like, and they were kind of got back on friendly terms, and then they were like, it would be cool to play in Rising Sun again 20, 20, 20 years, years later. <laughs> And then it got cancelled, but then, uh, but they're going to come back and play Sapporo in January, and I've got tickets for that. So where we're at at uh, uh, Zep. Zep, okay. Yeah, so Zep is the mid-sized, medium-sized venue in Sapporo for for bands to play. Yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, so Number Girl I really like, and I would, and they play. Um, they're very the early stuff is very very influenced by just American indie rock of the eighties, um, uh, Pixies and things like that. And then slowly they, but they never stop moving, uh, and so that each album gets a little bit more experimental and starts to bring in more and more um, Japanese influences and uh, especially kind of dub bass lines and things like that. And then after the band broke up, the main singer uh, who goes by uh, Mukai Shutoku. Um, continued and made a new band called Zazen Boys, uh, who basically continued the progression of Number Girl, getting more and more kind of experimental. And that's, I'd say, my favorite band at the moment. They, Zazen, Zazen, Zazen Boys. Zazen Boys are, I think, are, and it's definitely a band which I listened to when I first listened to them. I was like, this, this is really good and very uh, Japanese as well. It sounds like it sounds Japanese without being too traditional, and it kind of really blends a lot of different influences in an interesting way. So, well, what do you think? Like you're saying, like Japanese influence or makes it Japanese? How, how do Japanese indie indie bands the sound? Like, what's different about it, or what makes it kind of? There's a very similar still. I think. Um, oh, obviously. Well, I mean, they're singing in Japanese. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Well, yeah. in the terms of in terms of Zazen Boys, it means. I mean, in, they introduce some kind of kind of the. The what would I say? The modality of traditional Japanese music. So some of the melodies and harmonies and things like that. And he would start to use little bits of um, uh, kind of Buddhist chanting or something like oh, that, right. or Shinto, Shinto like Shinto chanting and things like that. No, 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 not at all. But the thing was, I think to read an interview with him, he just does this because it sounds cool. It's not like he's, this is not like his. Like, he's just trying to bring more and more influences into his music, and I think another thing which I read was like he was like I wanted to. He wanted to do more stuff like Prince or something as well. So they started using more keyboards and stuff. So it's just mixing lots of different um, uh, influences in. Uh, so I think that one of the things which I where, where I get turned off a lot of bands though is where I listen to them and I'm like, well, yeah, this just sounds like an American band, but but. It sounds like they're trying to be like an American band or something. So one of the, this is me, this is where I'm going to badmouth somebody who <laughs> okay. lots of people love, but one of the really, really big bands who, again, reformed this year after a 10-year break is Elgarden, Erugarden. Erugarden. Yeah, and, uh, and they are really, a really, really, really polished uh, uh, rock band, like really satisfying, big, chunky rock band, who, to me, sound like a early 2000s American emo band. And that's exactly what they want to sound like, I think. They, they really want to sound like that. That's their influence. But then I'm listening to that, and, and for Japanese people, I think it's great that they have someone who's doing that 
music if they want that music. But for me, it's kind of like, well, I don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I can, I can just listen to. I, it's, it's very derivative, and so the bands, uh, I think, I think, Sack and Action, I think, probably have bring in influences that make that, uh, in one way or another, kind of uh, add a speak to a kind of their Japanese heritage or to Japan and that kind of thing. They're influenced by lots of different things, and. Um, yeah, and so that that kind of thing is uh, is, um, is interesting. It more, makes makes bands more interesting for me. I mean, that said, the 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 other kind of extreme of that is a band who are doing something like just trying to put a koto in <laughs> or, or a shamisen in a song, and but it's in a really kind of clumsy way. I think it's difficult for bands to blend those things in a in a way that's satisfying. But uh. you pay attention to the lyrics a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Are, are the lyrics? The things they're singing about is it pretty similar to what uh, like foreign bands? I mean, I guess foreign bands you can't really say they're all singing about this or that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, are they, singing, are they singing about Japanese stuff? Are they singing like about daily life in Japan or what kind of? It depends. Yeah. It depends on the band, really. Um, so I think that uh, um, uh, a long time ago, a long time ago, I had a drunk, very drunken um, night out with some Japanese musicians, and. Uh, they were they were trying to we, we had a long conversation where we were trying to pin down um, the difference between kind of a Japanese approach to writing lyrics in America or English or English language approach to writing lyrics and and there one guy's passionate point that he kept making was that uh, uh, there are so many specifics in um, English language music so people will sing about it looks very specific scenes or Whereas lots and lots of Japanese lyrics will be uh, more um, uh, le less specific, and they'll create more of a feeling or more of a scene without talking about specific things. And I think that that's true to a point, but of course there's always going to be exceptions. So yeah, I do I do listen to I do listen to the lyrics more and more, and as my Japanese got better and better, yeah, um, I, I find myself listening to stuff more and more and more. And that's so, uh, what well, you just described yeah. that guy explained the yeah. difference between. You know the lyrics. Yeah. It always, it kind of, you know, is related to the culture as well. Yes, yeah, I think how so. How Japanese are very vague when they like mm, yeah, yeah. things. Not, not yeah. always, but less yeah. specific. So if you ask for yep. a Japanese person's opinion, yep. they'll be very vague about it, and you, they want you to kind of read between the lines. Yeah. They won't be direct. Yeah, so, it's uh, there's a uh, something I read a long time ago. This actually comes into my area of uh, academic study, which is uh, about language. And um, Japan is said to be said by some, you know, this is uh, one one reading to be a, a high context language. So um, uh, basically, a lot of the information in what people are saying is expected to be understood from the context, from the surrounding situation. So, uh, and of course, that's part part of that is to do with Japan being a bit of a monoculture, mm. and uh, everybody kind of assumes that everybody is on the same wavelength with certain things and so you don't need to go into all this detail because everyone just understands and then something like English is a, a low context language like people it needs more information more detail in the, in the language and so I think that probably is, comes across in the lyrics well that's yeah. why yeah, I've always kind of wondered like uh, you know can Japanese musicians I mean obviously music has been in Japan for probably from the beginning but can Japanese musicians do western style of music like rock or something but still like is it completely different or are they expressing themselves in a completely different way and stuff so it's always been interesting yeah I, I do think that there are there are there are really 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 good bands in Japan who are very very influenced by certain aspects of American music I mean that's probably I mean when you think about the beginnings of Japanese music it's it's American uh, influence after the Second World War uh, you know, and really kind of starting people using electric guitars and things like that. Um, and so uh, I think that there are definitely bands who are trying to copy or trying to do a really uh, Japanese take, uh, not Japanese, really a really uh, close take on what their idols, American or British musicians, uh, uh, have done. Um, an example, but and and so then they, they maybe are trying to copy the, exactly the kind of things that they talk about, mm. you know. Uh, and then maybe an example would be uh, the Blue Hearts, who are a really good Japanese punk band. Uh, Blue Hearts. Blue Hearts ja really good, really influential Japanese punk band who are extremely influenced by people like the Ramones. Um, they, that's what they do. 
basically. And then the, the singer and the guitarist from the, from the Blue Hearts have gone on to do um, a series of other bands where they basically do the same thing you know, in a really good way. They are, I, I am not, this is not meant to be looking down on them at all, but probably some of their lyrics, then you would think it's a little bit more kind of grounded in kind of the same kind of thing that, um, uh, uh an American band would, would sing about. Mm-hmm. And then there's other, other artists who are probably definitely influenced by maybe Japanese literature traditions and they, they really want to kind of represent. And I think probably more and more now it's, it's, uh, artists being influenced by other Japanese artists rather than, by Western artists. Mm. So these groups you're talking about right now, are they the ones that you sing at karaoke? Or oh, no, I sing everything at, at karaoke. Yeah, uh, at karaoke. Um, so uh, it's talking a great about, way to practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. so at karaoke, I do... Um, when I go to karaoke... Uh, so karaoke is, is, uh, is about singing songs... Uh, that you want to sing, but also, of course, it's about like the group of people. Yeah. And so I always wanted, I wanted to learn some songs that people know, yeah, you know, crowd, like, crowd like, pleases. yeah, crowd pleases, yeah, basically. So everyone can all sing together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I know a few, I learned a few Enka songs. Uh, yeah. I love listening yeah. to Enka and karaoke. Yeah. Like, I always request my friends, my Japanese friends yeah. to sing Enka because it yeah. seems like there's a lot of emotion into it. Yeah. You can see them really trying hard and, yeah. And I always request that. It's and fun. I've, I've it's fun to sing. It's fun to sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do. Easy, easier to swim, yeah, slow. yeah, yeah. They they can be kind of slow, and the, and the Japanese can actually be a little bit easier to do yeah. sometimes. Even though sometimes it's very very poetic, but it can still be easier to kind of uh, follow along with. It's, so it's Japanese traditional music, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Japanese traditional music, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. Japanese traditional yeah. music, and uh, so I sing Kitajima uh, Saburo. Um, uh, uh, the song Matsuri is just a really good, solid, manly, like roaring Enka song to do. And then for the pop one, um, uh, Hikawa Kiyoshi, Hikawa Kiyoshi Zundokubushi is, um, really good for, uh, if you're singing that in karaoke with a bunch of Japanese people, they will do the backing vocal almost <laughs> without there. There is like a, a backing chant and they will do that almost without exception, especially if you're a foreign person singing in karaoke and they're like, Oh my gosh, this guy can sing a song. Yeah. So. Uh, for other songs, I sing um, second action. I, uh, I do a few second action songs because they're really popular now. And so you start singing second action. I was like, oh, yeah, I like second are action. They, are they quite hard to sing, though? It's, hey, it's depends on the song. Tough. Depends yeah. on the song. He, Yeah, some of them. Some of them. Well, I saw them live and uh, he was talking about he, they did one song and he's like, oh, yeah, we rarely play this song because it's really hard to sing or something <laughs> like that. And so, yeah. He, it, it is pretty hard to sing. And I don't do, for example, like my, one of my favorite bands, like Number Girl, uh, Number Girl and Zazen Boys, I don't really sing that because they're not like so big. They're, they're like a really big for diehard music fans. But I wouldn't really sing their songs because they don't really go so, over, over so, so well. Know yeah, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get such a good reaction. I do, I learned a few songs by Unicorn. That's another band to which I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Unicorn. Unicorn are, um, uh, I think early 90s, I want to say early 90s, uh, uh, indie pop band. Uh, I, there's no, my vague, this is really bad comparison, but my vague comparison is someone like Madness in England, who were a band who would just be very silly and do lots of pop stuff, but they were still a band and they would play very tight music kind of thing. They're not ska, I mean, Madness are ska, so Unicorn are not ska, although they, they're very, 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 very broad, wide-ranging uh set of influences and unicorn have lots of sing-along songs that japanese people love and i I really like they're difficult to sing lots of words but um but uh really really fun to do and so i do a few uh unicorn songs as well do you you sing Mm. any japanese songs i have i have a couple that i try to sing uh but the one that i always want to sing but i can't hit the high note is uh uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's really good for Hokkaido because yep. it's about snow and it's a mm-hmm. love song. Yeah. Everybody knows this. So yep. It's been really popular. But man, that high note that he hits, like yeah. I can never hit it. <laughs> so I would yeah. ask somebody else to sing the chorus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like singing Nemi Oroman. Uh, can't remember. I'm drawing a blank on so much. How about you? Do you sing it? I, I, there's one the the anchor one that mm-hmm. Alex first mentioned. I don't know the name of min, uh, the names of many of the songs, but um, yeah, that one. Uh, the was it was it called Matsuri? Matsuri. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. So I always try to sing that one. That's good. But mainly, yeah, English songs. But I'll, I'll try to bang out one Japanese one for the Japanese crowd. And yeah. 
if uh, if I'm with Japanese friends, they love it when a foreigner sings a Japanese yeah, of course, song. And of course, like, yeah. It doesn't matter how bad you sing it, yeah. you'll get a big round of applause, cheers. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, so yeah. it gives you a bit of confidence in your singing, if, even if you're yeah, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's fun to do. It's fun to be able to sing uh, Japanese songs, in especially if you like go to like a bar that just has karaoke, like a karaoke bar, a karaoke machine, not when you're not even with your friends, and then... And then, like, oh, like you mean like British style? No, like, well, you know, I mean, I mean, we're getting into Japanese nightlife. That's called a hostess club. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not a hostess club. Just like you know, but one of these little hole in the like single room bars where they just have a karaoke machine. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, sounds like yeah. a hostess club. <laughs> <laughs> snack bars. Snack snack bar. There you go. I was going to say. So now you're going to get into like the definition of a snack bar and yeah. whether that's the same as a hostess club <laughs> yeah. and stuff Actually, like that. Actually, yeah, snack bar. Yeah, which uh, you know, snack bar sometimes. Can have the different yeah. image, but it's usually just a mama son who has a bar, yeah. and she'll have like a karaoke machine too. To, yeah. why, why is it called a snack bar? I have no idea. Why is it? Because you're not. I guess you're eating snacks too. Mm. But um, well, why, on that theme, I went to the saddest snack bar that I've I've ever been to a while ago, and it was like, I went, and it was like just a, a one room, you know, place in a in a in a building in Siskino, <laughs> and it was seemed to be run by like 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 two or three guys who. I don't know. I have no idea. There were like two or three young guys, just kind of like really slacky looking guys behind the, and they, and their, and the food that they served was exactly that. Just like bags of crisps and snacks <laughs> and potato chips and stuff. And it was all just like masking taped to the wall. <laughs> and it was like, this was their, this was their, I don't know if that was meant to be a thing or if it was just that they were too lazy to like <laughs> organize any other food. It was just like, but it was not. It was it was fine. It was fine. Was but there it was, a lot of people in there? Uh, no, no, just, no. Just, just like friends. Yeah. I went. I went. I went because somebody knew. So I went because I, I I went with someone who knew those people, and then I was like, oh, this is interesting. Well, yeah. snack bars are everywhere. There's like right in the neighborhood, local neighborhood. They're down in Susquehanna, everything. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the point of them is you can go there by yourself, and basically you're just hanging out with the owner, yeah. and mm-hmm. the owner's very happy to talk to you and yeah. sing yeah. songs with you. Mm-hmm. So it's all, yeah, I think that's, that's yeah. the main, uh, difference between a regular bar yep. and a snack bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Another good place to practice Japanese and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, you know. for sure. Yeah. But obviously the, it costs, it's quite expensive, isn't it? Oh, it can be, yeah. 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 And usually people buy their own drink of maybe a bottle of sake that they keep there and it has their mm-hmm. name on there so they can come anytime. Yeah. How about, uh, recommendations uh, recommendations Ben do you have any specific recommendations I was trying to think of one myself uh, do you guys like uh, Japanese reggae at all really. depends yeah well, it depends there's there's good stuff I mean there's yeah. it's, there's a lot of uh, people in Japan who really like that reggae style yeah, I, I, so. I like this guy uh, Ricky G uh, he comes and performs like once a year so we've gone to see him twice once in Otaru once in Sapporo my wife knew him from a long time ago but he's He's kind of like, he's not really big, but he's, uh, uh, has a strong fan following, and so mm-hmm. we've kind of see his. And I think re- reggae might be big in Japan, because, I mean, it is an island it is. nation. You it know, is. So yeah, it's interesting. It has a little yeah. bit of that uh, flavor to it and stuff, but. One of the, but, uh, yeah. one of the big uh, Japanese rock bands at the moment is called Wanima. And wa- Wanima, Wanima play like pop punk, but their style is very, like, reggae okay. style. They just have taken this, like, reggae, like, uh, the colors and things like that. It's really interesting. So. Okay. So, so have you guys been to a lot of concerts in Japan? I've, I've never, I've only been to a rock festival. I've never mm-hmm. actually been to a proper concert. Yeah, yeah. To see, you know, bands in, like, a concert hall or anything. Because I noticed that the, the crowds in Japan are very different from like back in England or back in America. I think it depends. Yeah, depends on the music. I think it depends on the music. I think that this is something that's probably worth probably worth talking about because it's quite interesting. Because going to Rising Sun Rock Festival, so um, uh, I've I have a, f- a friend who's who who always kind of complains about going to there, uh, going there, and having come from uh, England, uh, has this uh, expectation that a festival is going to be crazy like everything all like everyone's just out of their heads and Wind everything's going yeah exactly and japan everybody even in a rock festival everyone is very considerate of other people so there's there the, the whole atmosphere is way more chill and way more laid back um which is really nice in a lot of ways i mean i've been to rock festivals in england which i really had didn't really have that much fun because you know it's, it's, it's a mess it's yeah. a mess man and or it's uh, it was really stressful and so that's really quite nice and i think at, at, uh, at a lot of concerts as well, yeah. The people will 
people will be a little bit more restrained or a little bit more kind of held back. That said, that said, I saw Maximum the Hormone, Maximum the Hormone, playing a rising sun, and it was insane. It was insane. There was like a 1,000 per person circle mosh. They were like, it was, it was, they were just, it was like the, 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 the mosh pit extended like so far back from the main stage. It was like way up to like where the tents were and stuff like that. And people were still like thrashing around and stuff like this. And so it depends on the artist. I think it depends a lot on the artist. Yeah. So it seems like depending on the artist, everyone kind of follows the same. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I I remember I, that same, issue you're talking about at rising sun mm-hmm. and i saw uh Re- is it rena shingo shino ringo shino ringo so i saw her and she was playing a very nice kind of slow song mm-hmm. um but it was dead quiet mm-hmm. dead quiet and there was you know hundreds of people yeah. around she was on the main stage yeah. and you could hear people whispering so yeah. I, I i started talking during it and i was like why, why is it so quiet and then someone in front of me turned around and was like, shh. <laughs> and I was like, this is a rock concert. No, but no, but I think Respect. that, yeah. I, well, this was when we went and yes, I went to yes, see the same was. thing. And I mean, we, we're like, I think we're probably running out of time a bit, but, okay. but one of the people that I would really recommend as an artist is Shina Ringo. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Shina Ringo as well. So that was one of my things where I followed like the link from Number Girl to Shina Ringo. And, um, and that was actually like, uh, I mean, now I have more perspective on it. That was kind of a very special, like, that was her kind of like anniversary return to Rising Sun. And she normally plays big rock music. Yeah, she's but, doing ballads. And she was doing like a piano and string quartet special kind of performance. But she's super famous. And so, yeah, probably everyone was like, oh, this is so special. This is so special. Everyone must be quiet. And, you know, and, I, and, 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 and for, and if you, and if you weren't really tuned into that wavelength, that must have seemed really weird. Yeah, but, yeah. but, that makes I, sense. That but I do sense. think that, yeah, definitely in Japan, that, but what you said is absolutely true. Like when, when it's time to be quiet, Japanese people will be much quieter than, uh, like Western I've audiences. I've also heard of like, Famous bands from England coming yeah. over to Japan to yeah. play live, like Coldplay yeah. Yeah, and yeah. U2 and stuff. And they're always trying to get the crowd more fired up. Yeah. Kind of a bit quiet. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you know, what's going on, guys? Yes. Let's, let's get up. Cause they're not the yeah. same as British crowds. Yeah. yeah. Even though they're big fans and yeah. they're into it, but it's just their way of reacting to music. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, I think it's interesting as well. And this is an, sorry about another topic, but you, one of the things you've got to remember as well in Japan is that Japanese music accounts for 90% or probably, I don't know, more of the market. So when there is a band like Coldplay or YouTube or something like that that comes over here, like people will go and see them and because it's a big international band and they're world famous. And so everybody knows who they are, but they don't necessarily uh, know all of the songs or connect. Some people will. There'll be like a, there's a lot of people who will be a big Coldplay fan or something, but they won't, um, kind of connect with a vast, I don't think they will connect with a vast audience in the same way as a Japanese band. You know, people will go to, cause it's a really exciting thing to go and see a big international band, but they don't like, like that's actually a really small share of the market. In, mm. I looked on um, the Oricon singles and albums chart, uh, this week and did some preparation for the, for the podcast and like the, the top selling albums in Japan this year, in the top 50, there's like one Western artist of the top selling, which is Taylor Swift. And she's at like number, <laughs> and she's at like number 33. Oh, wow. And other than that, it's, uh, Korean music, uh, is, is popular, yeah, yeah. popular in Japan. K-pop. Uh, K-pop is popular in Japan. And then it's just all Japanese music is, wow. is there. So, and uh, like, and when I say 90% and 10%, probably most of that 10% of foreign music is Korean music. And so there's just a very, very few, uh, super big, international artists okay. so, so in a way because they're not like super fans they don't really know how to Resp- behave or respond respond yeah music. yeah maybe yeah. but also i do think as well that there there will be a tendency in japan for people to when i'm to stand and watch a song mm. rather than rather than like and watch the music and then in between do a big yeah, yeah. 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 kind of like respect you know. of yeah exactly this artist has put into preparation because yeah, exactly. it's the same with um like ufc so yeah. when they mm-hmm. come yeah. to japan uh-huh. the crowd are always very quiet oh, really? so i remember the especially the trainers yeah. or the corner men that they're shouting advice to their fires yeah. normally at a ufc event they you can't you can't hear them 
like especially when you're watching on TV. Yeah. But when you're watching TV in Japan, you can hear very really clearly. clearly. <laughs> well, they're like they're, they're, they're almost the only people that are saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went and saw an event in Tokyo, and it was very much like that. I mean, there was an occasional uh, hoots and hollers, but it was yeah. mostly from foreign people who had come to see the event. Interesting. And stuff, so, yeah. yeah. My uh, father-in-law went uh, when I went. I took my uh, my in-laws to England once, and I took my father-in-law to a football match, and and he was. He was like, that was one of his big comments. Was like, everyone is just shouting all the time. <laughs> he loved it. He was really interested. He was really interested in it. But like, in comparison with uh, like Japanese sporting events, where people will be really loud when there's this organised chant or something yeah. like that. But then in between, they're just going to be chilling. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that was the same at the Rugby World Cup when yeah. I went to see um, England versus Tonga. Oh, really? So during the game, it wasn't constantly cheering yeah, yeah, and shouting, yeah. you know. And it was actually quite quiet. Yeah. So even when I was talking to someone. I could hear my voice very clearly. I didn't yeah. have to raise my voice it, at all. But it was fairly well attended. Like it was, oh yeah, yeah it was really well attended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stadium. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. then it was like, like you said, like organised chanting. So yeah, then yeah. someone would would start singing a swing low song, yeah, yeah. and then everyone would be singing it. But during those points that no one was chanting, yeah. it was all it's kind of quiet, and subdued. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, running a bit out of time. Alex, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if I'm going to be on the podcast, then I think probably uh, my wife would uh, uh, not like it if I didn't mention one more recommendation, which okay. is there's a Japanese band called Fishmans. Fishmans. Fishmans, Fishmans who I think are, are really, really good. They, they're a band that uh, um, I found a few years ago. They Sadly, the singer died, so they, they made, but they made a couple of really, really good albums, and that's another band which I think are... Uh, kind of diff- really difficult to pin down, difficult to kind of explain. They're kind of a little bit reggae, a little bit dub, but and then a little bit pop and a little bit this and this and very dreamy kind of music. And I'd recommend I'd fish, recommend fish fishmans. Fish, fish it's it's written in, in, in katakana of course, so fishman but fishmans fishmans, I guess. Uh but but yeah. Other than so that your, I think uh, your wife's favorite band no 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 just a band that we found together and we're both we're both at the same time we were both like this is really nice do you get do you so, get most of your music online now japanese music or are you getting it at tower records uh like a combination and i feel like in japan it's definitely uh in a period of transition between of everyone what's available how to get it and things yeah. like that it's it's uh there are people sell their music online people sell their music at tower records sometimes it's quite tricky to work out what's the best way to get something but a little bit of everything yeah i think so uh yeah cool. i think well, all right yeah i think there's a lot more that we could have talked about and stuff yeah i think we covered a lot today um thanks for coming on you're welcome on podcast thanks hours. for asking me it's very uh it's very comfortable yeah you know a lot more <laughs> about music than i do <laughs> especially <laughs> japanese music i hadn't i've probably heard about two of those bands that you mentioned okay well yeah. these are just my taste you know it's yeah. like i think that that's the main thing is that i spent a lot of time just digging through and listening to lots of different stuff and then and then i just found what i liked so i think that anyone could find lots of really good Japanese music yeah. if they yeah if most they, of the time for me for I kind of find music on recommendation from friends so mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna check out a lot of your recommendations yeah, cool. too yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah thanks cool. for coming out you're welcome thank you very much for having me yes thank you alright we'll see everyone again next time <laughs>